Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, as the uh, contentious Saudi-backed LIV or Live Invitational Golf Series gets underway today, Irish golfer Gray McDowell has conceded that it is polarising. But he said he's proud to be part of the event. In just a moment, we're going to be talking about sports washing and why this event has become such a controversial uh, event. It sees 48 players competing for an eye-watering $25 million prize pot. Uh, This is what uh, Graham McDowell had to say when pressed on the topic this week. I mentioned earlier, this has been incredibly polarising. Um, you know, I think we all agree up here, take the Khashoggi situation, we all agreed that that was reprehensible. No one's going to argue that fact. But we're golfers, you know, and I, I, you know, we, you know, speaking personally, I really feel like, you know, golf's a force of good in the world. Um, I just try to be a great role model to kids. I know what the game of golf has taught me. And uh, I, I love using the game of golf as, as a, you know, as something to, to, to kind of uh, help grow around the world. That's pretty much what we've done for the last 20 years. Be role models to kids. Try and uh, use this game, like I say, as a, as a force of good, really. So, you know, we're not, you know, we're not politicians. I know you guys hate that expression, but you know, we're really not, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, we're professional golfers. And, uh, you know, if Saudi Arabia want to use the game of golf as, as, a, as a way for them to get to where they want to be and they have the resources to accelerate that experience you know i think we're we're proud to help them on that journey the journey you've been told about saudi arabia is on how is that journey helping the women oppressed in saudi arabia the migrant groups their rights violated the lgbtq individuals who were criminalized the families of the 81 men who were executed in march and those being bombed in yemen Yeah, I mean, I wish I had the ability to be able to have that conversation with you. Um, you know, I think as golfers, if we tried to cure, you know, geopolitical situations in every country in the world that we play golf in, we wouldn't play a lot of golf. Um, it's a really hard question to answer. You know, we're just we're just here to focus on the golf and, and kind of, you know, what it what it does globally for, you know, for you know the role models that these guys are and that we are and. Uh, yeah, that's a really hard question to get into. And that was uh, Graham McDowell speaking at uh, the press conference uh, where he really stumbled on uh, his answer to uh, that journalist just there. It's been described as one of the most stark examples of sports washing we've ever seen from an Irish uh, sports person. Uh, at what point should athletes make a moral stand when it comes to the worlds of sport and politics and when they collide? Uh, And is there an onus on fans to take a stand as well? For example, the World Cup, the Soccer World Cup, takes place uh, this year uh, in uh, the Middle East. And there's been a lot of uh, condemnation over the way in which it's been, that, that country was chosen, the way in which Russia was chosen uh, four years ago. And I want to um, focus in on this and, and talk about sports washing and exactly what that term really means. Joining me on the line is Kieran Cunningham, Chief Sports Writer uh, with the Irish Daily Star. Uh, Kieran, you're very welcome to Lunchtime Live. Thanks, Adrian. 
Uh, Kieran, firstly, um, for uh, the expression that a lot of people may not be au fait with, the, the term sports washing uh, has really come to prominence of late. Tell us how you define that term. Well, it's been around a long time. Like You can go back to the Berlin Olympics in 1936 when Adolf Hitler effectively used the games at sports washing to try and wash Germany's, Nazi Germany's reputation. And effectively, it means laundering the reputation of a country that uh, it might be seen as a rogue state, but laundering its reputation through the medium of sport. And, you know, I, I have a great sense of deja vu with all that's happening now with Saudi Arabia, and particularly with golf, because you go back to 1987, um, Ian Woosnam won a, a tournament. Uh, he broke the uh, embargo on South, apartheid South Africa and went to play golf there and uh, won a big money tournament. And the LA Times at the time, uh, this is this is a few line, a couple of lines from the report. Sports is already a political tool in South Africa. Guys such as Ian Woosnam about playing sports there are hammering away, showing up apartheid against the storm of outside opinion. They are as political as a presidential candidate. And this line that Gray McDowell threw out, and a lot of golfers have thrown this out: "We're not golfers; we're politicians." They are being used for political ends. And I think deep down they know that. And it mightn't even be deep down. They know it, uh, you know, it's very much to the forefront. But effectively, they've done this for money. And there's been a lack of honesty in the responses from the golfers involved and the organizers. And they've had quite a lot of time to prepare responses. And not one of them has come up with a convincing reason okay, for joining this tour and for engaging with Saudi Arabia. The, the key issue here is that this tournament, this LIV or Live Inf- Invitational, is being funded by Saudi Arabia with eye-watering amounts of money being uh, being put into it. And the, the criticism of uh, the golfers, I'm just uh, trying to explain it for people who may not understand what the issue is here. Um, the uh, issue is that the golfers seem to have just seen money, taken the opportunity to earn staggering amounts of money and not really care about all of the uh, issues that that journalist highlighted in that in that uh, press conference, the way women are treated in Saudi Arabia, LGBT rights, uh, the bombing of Yemen, and the list actually was longer than that. Um, your 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 point is that they haven't been able to answer why they want to be involved in this, but should they? Should they have to? When all they are is golfers, really. But they, uh, it goes back to what sports washing is. Like sports washing now is the biggest issue in sport. Like maybe it used to be doping. People would have seen that as a big story. Now it's sports washing because it has been used. Sport everywhere has been used for political ends now. And not just political. We had our own example of sports washing with Daniel Kinahan. who definitely used boxing to try and enhance his own reputation and try and clean his own reputation. But what we have here, the golf situation is different. Like people will mention the World Cup in Qatar, and it's legitimate to mention that. Or they mention that Formula One Grand Prix in Saudi Arabia. But Ty- Tyler Hamilton spoke out about that, and he said he was very uncomfortable uh, taking part in uh, Grand Prix in Saudi Arabia, but he would be taking part. And the reason he had to take a part, if he pulled out of that, he used to pull out of the World Championship. If, if a, a footballer uh, decides not to go to the World Cup, they're, not, they're effectively not playing international football. They don't re- like their whole remit, uh, no raison d'etre, is to play at the big turn as part of a team or, or a Formula One driver trying to win the, the, the championships, not just about Saudi. But this is where the golf is different because they had a decision. 
they were on a tour, a PGA tour, and they've gone to a rebel tour. As golfers went to rebel tours in South in apartheid South, South Africa, as cricketers went to rebel tours in South Africa, as rugby players did, and they've done it. Uh, the, the, in doing that, you get involved in sports washing, and you're doing it for the money, and you're helping clean that country's reputation. And even the language used is incredibly offensive. The Gray McDowell talked about the Khashoggi situation. Now, the Khashoggi situation is a Washington Post journalist, Jamal Khashoggi, who was murdered by the Saudi authorities, and his body was dismembered, and it was done within an embassy, and it was mm. covered up. Like that's more than a situation. And I have to say, as you said, they've had time to practice their answers uh, to these questions, knowing that these questions were going to come from uh, journalists. But a lot of them have looked extremely awkward in, in, uh, and embarrassed and nervous when it comes to those uh, questions, haven't they? They have, because I think, I think they know it's indefensible. I think they know, they know themselves it's about money. But they're afraid to say that, you know, so they're trying to come around the stuff about growing the game or Gray McDowell said, you know, it'll help Saudi Arabia get to where they want to be. And in fact, I I, I found it odd to hear McDowell describe himself as as a role model for kids. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yes, he will accept the biggest check he can get his hands on. Yeah, absolutely. And now it, it is no worth it. Like, there's a lot of big names taking part of this, like Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood, Martin Kamer. But none of the world's top tens have signed up for it. Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy are the highest profile opponents of it. And McIlroy has actually been very good in the way he's talked about it because he has brought up the money issue. And he said uh, he's not going to criticize the other golfers for because for doing it. And I think maybe that's because he's friendly with some of them or it's an awkward situation. He deal, engages with a lot of them uh, on a regular basis. But he did say any decision you make for money ends up backfiring on you and uh, solely for money. And he's speaking from his own experience. Like he made some decisions that were based purely on financial reasons over the years and the backfired big time on him. And on this one, he's basically he's saying there's a bigger issue than money here. You can't ignore the moral, the whole human rights issue. Mm. And it's often brought up now. Governments, Irish government deals with Saudi Arabia. A lot of Irish businesses deal with Saudi Arabia. But that doesn't mean we can't criticize sport. Like, and sports journalists can't question the golfers. It's up to maybe the political journalists, the business journalists to do likewise when it comes to questioning the government and Irish businesses that, that have ties to them. Um, Kieran, stay there for one second. I just want to bring in another bit of uh, audio from that uh, press conference. Graham McDowell, of course, is not unique in this. Uh, Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson, as you mentioned, are among the other high-profile golfing figures uh, hitching their wagon to the project, as are Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter, who were also asked about where they draw the moral line uh, when it comes to sporting pursuits. Lee and Ian, anywhere in the world you wouldn't play. If Vladimir Putin had a, a tournament, would, would you play there? That's speculation. I'm not even going to comment on speculation. So, just in a generality, is there anywhere you wouldn't play on a moral basis? If the money was right, is there anywhere you wouldn't play? I don't, I don't need to answer that question. Sorry? I don't need to answer that question. Lee, do you want to answer it? Would you, I mean, would you have played in apartheid South Africa, for example? Well, you're just asking us to answer a hypothetical question there, which... Well, they're you know, more we questions, answer, aren't they? ...answer a question on that. Again, more awkward uh, silence, Kieran, from, from that. Actually, I found that quite cringy to watch. 
Yeah, and it's uh, like I can imagine being in that position. You wouldn't like to be asked a question like that because what answer can you give? You know, you're going to, you know, you'll just be exposing yourself as uh, as being completely hypocritical. But I think this this comes back to the fundamental uh, issue about taking part in this uh, event because those questions are flowing from it. Uh, surely the golfers aren't that naive to think that this wasn't going to cause uh, issues for them in terms of, of dealing with the press and the public. No, and I think they've taken a calculated gamble in that uh, they, they figured the financial rewards were worth it, you know, that they knew they would get heat for it. And you have to remember, golfers, um, no, they're individual sports people, but they have an entourage. They've agents, they've advisors, they've a lot, they consult with a lot of people who, who would be regarded as experts in their field. And they would have been well briefed before that press conference by their own advisors on what to say. And still they were stumped and still they came across as being unconvincing. And that's because they're in, in a very un- unconvincing position. Like we, the old line is often thrown about that sport and politics shouldn't mix, but it's always mixed. Like, especially in the era of professional sport, politicians use sport as a weapon. And Saudi Arabia very deliberately targeted sport across a huge amount of sports. Like they've pumped so much money into uh, 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 so many different sporting events. And they're doing that as a means for political advancement and to try and clean up their reputation. Okay, let me just finally uh, ask, why should people care? So, for example, this this particular tournament, interestingly, isn't being uh, covered on any of the main networks. It's just being uh, streamed. uh, You can stream it online. Um, But why should people care about this and uh, the Qatar World Cup later this year? Because we're all citizens of the world, Adrian. You know, like that's like saying if it was back in the day, why should we care if Irish rugby players go to uh, South Africa? Like when people are being oppressed and you're becoming, you're being used as a regime to legitimize a country that's involved in oppression, then it's, it's you, you know, you have to take a stand. I think there comes a time that we're all adults. Like they're, the golfers say they're not politicians, but they're adults. They're of voting age. They're citizens of the world like us all. And I think... What, they, what these guys who've signed up with the uh, Live Golf Series have done puts them beyond the pale. Okay, stay, stay on the line there for one second because you might be interested in uh, this next caller. Liam is on the line in uh, Tipperary. And uh, Liam, you lived in Saudi Arabia around uh, 20 years ago. What, do, what did you want to say on this? Well, I wanted just to mention that there's an awful lot of people living in Saudi Arabia, Irish people working as engineers, accountants, nurses, doctors, nurses and doctors that we could use. But they're all out there for one thing, to earn a living. Mm-hmm. And um, are we going to bring them all home? Okay, one of the arguments is uh, they, they're they not high-profile uh, people who uh, get television time to perhaps speak out about <laughs> oppression and so on uh, in the way in which professional golfers are. Oh, like a, a professional golfer has to make a living as well, and it's a very no, but he, 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 can, he can make a living without taking what a lot of people see as dirty money. Well, so could all the nurses and doctors working in Saudi Arabia, the bank clerks, the shipping clerks, the divers. I was the diver. Let's <laughs> get that one in there. A lot of people make money out of Saudi Arabia, and it is a brutal dictatorship kingdom. But no one's asking them to come home. And has it? Why uh, we, why okay, but. We ask them? And like say your man Graham, or these other these other um, golfers. Remember, they're not in the top ten, as the man just mentioned. No, there. no, no, they're not. They live a very they live a very precarious living. They 
this could be their paycheck because tomorrow there won't be one. And if they their eyesight goes or they don't make it, they're out. That's it. They're finished. No one's going to care. So this about is them uh, this time. is the, well. You see, this is the last throw of the dice for some of these uh, haggard old golfers to make some money. Well, maybe not. Maybe even the young ones who might never make it to the top. This, like, say next year they might make a penny. This year. To make a killing. Okay, Kieran, has he got a point? We never uh, highlight the doctors, the nurses, the engineers that are working uh, in Saudi Arabia. Why a big hullabaloo over golfers plying their trade in the country? But oh. as I said, well, like I can only speak for myself as a sports journalist, and then, like this is a big issue within sport. I think I think people sh- who go there should be challenged because effectively, you know, that's this is a country for gay people, for example have been executed, have been chemically uh, castrated, have been publicly whipped. And I don't know how anyone can be comfortable living and working in a country like that. You know, the, your caller said there, you know, talked about these guys as a precarious living. They might make a penny next year. You go through the earnings of some of those guys who are on this tour. Martin Kamer, for example, has career earnings of 100 million. Now, quite a few of these guys are multimillionaires. They're incredibly wealthy. They're among the top 1% of earners in the world. But they, they want another massive paycheck. They're already, uh, they're already rolling in money. It's not like they, they, they have to do this for their family or the family will starve. That is far from the case. Um, what do you say to that, uh, Liam? You know, these are guys that don't need the money, really. They, they can't survive without it. And an awful lot of the other golfers have chosen not to. I mean, Tiger Woods, I understand, was offered a billion dollars to uh, take part in this. And he said no. Yeah, well, I told you, well, listen, I, I, I agree with you on that. And um, I was trying to put the other side of the argument. No, 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 and I take they, that argument, and I, they, I, I actually know somebody who works in Saudi Arabia as it happens, so I, yeah. I, I take the point that people like that are never focused on. Yeah, and like I say, these fellows, like I say, some of them may well not pay slightest bit of attention. Listen, I mean, Pakistan shoots people. There's people being murdered all around the bloody world. And... Um, and as far as they're concerned, Saudi Arabia, sure, it's only another another gig, you know what I mean? So. All right, um, stay there for a moment. I want to go to Neil, who's on uh, the other line. Neil, what did you want to say on this? How are we? Just a, a quick one. Like, sports washing is a brand new word. It's a lovely word. It makes me sound intelligent when I say it. But there's Saudi money absolutely everywhere. So if we're using it in golf, golf is a selfish sport. They live on their own planet. They, If this prize money for the two tours is exactly the same, they wouldn't go anywhere based on moral grounds. So we've got to understand what sport is. Sport is money. And they're just being thrown... Using Tiger Woods as an example is... It, it, it's, it's a weird one because Tiger is built differently to every other human being on the planet. He's one in a billion. So like, I think you take him off, off, the, off the, the, the list there. Everyone else is waiting to see the sanctions on the boys who, who head over there. If they don't get a rap on the knuckles or if they don't get left back into the majors they won't go. But if they do, they're going to start inquiring as to, can we go over and do the eight tournaments still playing the majors? Mm. Like People go to Saudi Arabia, normal people like us go to work there for the money. So we, we can't sit here on our high horses, you know what I mean? And uh, Kieran, just to go back to you for uh, one final comment on this. Um, we, we've seen the difficulties that uh, these golfers have faced at press conferences and answering questions and everything else. Are they going to be uh, sanctioned for this? Or will, I know some of them have resigned from uh, the tour. Will they be sanctioned or will they be able to play in majors and continue life anyway? 
Well, as things stand, they can still play in majors. Um, the the Ryder Cup situation is still up in the air. It's unclear whether they'll be allowed to uh, to take part in the Ryder Cup. Some sponsors have cut ties with um, with golfers who've signed up for the uh, Live, Live Golf Series. So, so they've either come under pressure or decided to take a stand themselves. So the, rea- the, the truth is we don't know how it's going to pan out because this is just starting today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, day one in Hertfordshire, there's going to be seven more events this year. I think more golfers will join up and, and possibly a couple from the top 10 because of the money on offer. But... Uh, it's not a story that's going to disappear. You know, this story will come, you know, it will become live again when you have the Qatar World Cup and soccer as well and various other issues because sports washing is the biggest thing in sport now. You know, it, it might be a, a fashionable expression, but it's an expression used to describe a reality of what political regimes are doing now with sport. All right. Well, it's definitely uh, the whole thing is food for thought, uh, not just for this particular golf tournament. But as we said, when we look at investments in uh, football teams like Newcastle United, we look at the World Cup in Qatar later this year and the amount of construction workers who've died in building stadiums there and all of that. Um, it's it's. An expression that will stick with a lot of us as uh, sports washing and maybe make us a little bit more conscious. Uh, Kieran Cunningham, Chief Sports Writer uh, with the Irish Daily Star. Thanks very much indeed for joining us on Lunchtime Live. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.